We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, guys? Kevin Jones here, founder of Blue Wire. Chris Biederman is off this week. We are going to play you an episode of Schemed Up featuring Michael Wilhoy, longtime 49ers linebacker. It's episode one of the podcast. He hosts it with his brother-in-law, Sammy Alvarez. Really fun banter. They're going to talk about the AAF and as well as some San Francisco 49ers. Chris will be back next week with Kyle Madsen. Thanks for making Candlestick Chronicles one of Blue Wire's most listened to podcasts. Hope you enjoy Schemed Up. Chris and Kyle will talk to you again next week. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Schemed Up Podcast with Michael Wilhoyt. I'm your co-host, Sam Alvarez, otherwise known as Podcast Poppy. And this your host, Michael Wilhoyt, former NFL vet, and I see it like I called it. And I call it like I see it. So without further ado, let's get the people what they want. Let's talk some football, baby. Yes, sir. Let's get into it. Unfortunately, it's the first Sunday without any NFL football on, but... That kind of segues into our juice of the day. Juice, juice, juice of the day. Which is the AAF League that started up yesterday. It's a big deal right now. It's a real big deal, Mike. People love the football. They do love football. And I'm surprised that they had as many viewers as they did. I know the curiosity is there and I know people want to watch it. But at the same time, it's hard enough to get NFL viewers as it is at a Super Bowl had the worst ratings in 10 years so it was a little surprising yeah for the viewers at home if you don't know what the context is so the af was competing with a primetime nba game and they actually gained more viewers for an af game than a primetime nba game with Yesterday. two premier talents playing each other in the oklahoma city thunder and the uh houston rockets with james harden and russell westbrook and that just goes to show you how the nfl is king and football is king around this country it's funny because you have all these NBA analysts 
and you watch ESPN and they talked about all Super Bowl week, how they stole the headline and they were the most important thing on TV, even though the Super Bowl was coming up and granted Super Bowl was boring, but then right back at you, here comes another league that nobody's heard of and they still to shine on a Saturday night primetime. Yeah, so let's talk about it, Mike. Me and you, we watched, uh, we got a little taste of both, both games. We watched a little bit of NBA, a little bit of the AAF, just to touch on our interest in, in football and the fact that we miss it. So just getting right into it, the AAF, or the American Alliance uh, Football, is that what it's called? What is it called again, Mike? You remember? Uh, yeah, Alliance American Football League. So let, let's just talk about it. So just from, we watched about, what, like a quarter or two? We pretty much watched the whole game, but like spurts and bits of it. Yeah, we went back and forth. I mean, let's keep it real with the people. We definitely had more interest in James Harden and Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Hands down. But that's because that's real. That's what's, you know, what's really going on right now. The AAF, in my mind, is still suspect. So before I was willing to just give into it, I had to get my my feel of James Harden and uh, automatic triple-double in. Yeah, and don't disrespect Paul George because that man should be in the MVP conversation. But that's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah, so just from like watching the first couple quarters, I mean, you could, I mean, first and foremost, the fact that they even got the AAF on TV is a huge win. Yeah, real big. They're already making revenue as it is. Uh, and they got some deals with Starter for the jerseys. I mean, the jerseys are kind of not that pretty ugly, to be honest. They're terrible. Would not buy a jersey. That, that, that to right. me was the the biggest, one of the negatives last night was just that in today watching it, the scene, what you see. What we're used to seeing when we watch an NFL game with the technology, the ABC, NBC, ESPN, compared to what we saw on CBS and on NFL Network, it just wasn't the same. Yeah, it felt a little like disorganized slash not as hype for like a regular game as it should have been. Yeah, yeah. The referees' uniforms, look, they were wearing uh, bulletproof vests. (laughs) Those uniforms were terrible. But, uh, you know. Yeah, also terrible. You got to take one step. And then a second step and then a third step. So this is this is a pretty decent step for this league, I would say. I mean, it's on TV, so it's not too bad. But let's get into the the differences between the AAF and the NFL. And let's start off with the rules. So I'll just give a little quick breakdown. The major differences are there are no kickoffs. Still got punts, still got kicks, still got field goals, no kickoffs. So that right there is just weird in and of itself. So you win a kick or you win the coin flip, you get the ball at the 25. And then uh, the other major difference is there's – well, actually, no, there is no extra point. You have to go for two after every touchdown. Um, there are still field goals. There are no extra points. And then I believe the other major rule is there is a sky, a sky judge. And that gives you a good inside look into how they make their decision up in the booth and whatnot, as opposed to what's on the field. And then finally, I, I think their overtime rule is pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, the overtime is both teams get possession from the 10 yard line, four downs to score. You have to go for two. What do you think of those rules? I like the sky judge. I think the NFL needs that. I think the NFL needs something where we're going off the cameras. Obviously, the trust in human eye has failed us far too many times and failed us to an extreme in the New Orleans Saints game. So I think that that definitely should be a part of the NFL. I hate not having kickoffs. I mean, I made my career running down on kickoffs. That's how I began. I played kickoffs in college, even though I started on defense. And I loved it. I, I've always loved kickoff. I've always loved special teams. I feel like that's a great way for young players to make their name in the NFL by flying down on kickoff, making big plays uh, in the red zone. Playing special teams in high school, which is probably, you know, that's my uh, highest level of uh, 
play for football. But I tell you, when you're on special teams and you just get a, you just go get to put a hat on somebody, that's a lot of fun. And it was really weird to see a game start without a kickoff. It's where I felt the most confident, the most free, where I could just run and, and show my natural athletic ability. So, you know, I miss that they have kickoffs. I don't know if you mentioned it, but they said that the overtimes are new now. They're like the college OT rules. Each team gets a possession from the 10-yard line to score. But what I did read, which was also terrible, was that if both of those teams don't score, the game does finish in a tie. Or if both teams score, then it's a tie. Huh. So there is no third possession. No. That's kind no. of. No. If both, that's what I read today. Hmm. Yeah. That's a little and suspect. That, that is. That just defeats. It's just the, disappointing. Yeah. That just d- defeats the purpose of the fact that they both get a chance to score. Because if they both get a chance to score and tie, yeah. then what the fuck? So what you're telling me is if the second team, oh, so the first team scores touchdown, gets two points, blah, blah, blah. And then the second team, what's, what's their motivation to just tie? That's their motivation? That's the sad part about it is because we don't play the game the time. Wow. When we play the game of football, we play it the win, and that's it. I mean, yeah, you could talk about it. You've been in, what, one one or two? No, you've been in one tie, right? Yes, I have been in one tie. Uh, Niners versus the Rams. Uh, I think that was in Candlestick and um, was terrible. But Yep. Cap's first game, I think. Yeah, first start. But, yeah, I, yeah, I just think that that's a rule that they got to – I mean, especially after what we just saw in the AFC Championship this past year, Pat Mahomes not getting a chance to touch the ball. They got to change that. They got to change that rule. Every team plays to win the game. Let them play to win the game. Now, if it gets – you could put out – I do say you put a time limit cap on it. You say if we're going possession for possession and both teams are scoring repeatedly or we're going possession for possession and neither team is scoring, then at 15 minutes or whatever, the game ends in a tie. But – you got to give both teams the opportunity to win the game. You can't just give one team the opportunity to win the game as they do in the NFL, and you can't have it the way it is in the AAF where both teams could score and then the game just ends. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. If I'm the second team, it's like, so you're telling – Coach, you're telling me we got to go out there and tie. That's what we're playing for right now? Like, that just me. It's just like, that's kind of weak. That's super weak. But so now that we've talked about the rules, got a chance to watch it digest a little bit, do you think the NFL – will adopt any of these rules anytime soon you know with the player safety they might take out kickoffs would be my first guess it's definitely forward thinking especially with the kickoffs because they've already tried to take that out of the game they moved the touchback up to the 25 a couple years ago then they before that they made it where as a kickoff we could only start from five yards behind the line whereas before before I got in the NFL and, and a lot of former special teams guys that I played with, they got the run from 12, 15 yards deep. So by the time they hit that kickoff line, when they kick that ball off, they're running full speed. And then they're already up on top of the blockers. And it made for a faster game. It made for a more violent game. And that's what the NFL, to me, is trying to get rid of, uh, the violence especially. So it's definitely forward thinking in that way. The overtime rule, to me, they regressed and. Uh, I, I would hate for the NFL to take that rule upon themselves. Sky judge is something the NFL will get to. I know the NFL is looking for some way to overcompensate for the lack of uh, better judgment of the judges, I should say, the umpires, the refs. And so I think that some of these rules are, are, are a little bit forward. And I think the NFL will take it heed to it and, and hopefully take some notes of some of them. Yeah, that's for sure. The first one that stood out in my mind was uh, the Sky Judge for sure, especially with everything that happened in New Orleans 
that's one that I can see them adopting real quick. Uh, but we know what I, I mean. I mean, do you? I mean, what what do you feel about the kickoffs? Is that something? Is it? <sighs> you know, do me, you watch the kickoffs? Is that I, something you want to see? I personally, that that to me signals that we're watching a game right now. Like that's the kickoff is like when okay. you when you tell someone like, oh, when's when's the game start? No, you say when's kickoff. Like you know what I mean? And then you you go to a game. Yeah. And you're gonna go see an AAF game or in the future if the NFL does this, you're gonna go watch an NFL game and be like, oh, when when do they start at the 25? Like that just sounds weird. Yeah. Don't make no sense to me. It just seems boring. Yeah. But uh, the whole the funniest thing or not the funniest thing, but you know it is a little funny, a little interesting. But uh, the trending clip from the games yesterday was I think it was a delayed blitz. The quarterback got hit hard, lost lost it, fumbled it, lost his helmet. And uh, everyone was just celebrating the AAF after that play because of the violence of it. Is that good for football? The crazy thing to me, is it good for football, you're telling me? Yes. For me, not for the players. I wouldn't say for the players, it's probably not that great. I don't think that quarterback appreciated it, but he got right back up. He got right back up. It's just, to me, this is a play. Yeah, and I mean, he he goes out there, that's what he's going out there to do. Yeah, and to me, it's like. It's funny that we celebrate, like I saw this everywhere. I saw it on Twitter, saw it multiple times on Twitter, saw it multiple times on Instagram. Like this clip was just playing back and forth, back and forth. And I was looking at it like, I'm not that impressed. Like seven years ago, this is just a normal sack. But like, that's how like the NFL has gone so far away from that with the rules and hitting the quarterback that it was just funny to me to see that. Like that hit almost looked like the Ahmad Brooks hit on Drew Brees in New yes. Orleans that cost us the yes. game. Right. Isn't that crazy? It looked just it looked very similar. I mean, it wasn't I don't I don't know which one was more vicious, but it was similar. And and we got that penalty called on us when Ahmad hit him and we lost the game. I don't know if essentially because of that, but that had a big part to do with it. Yeah. And that, and back then, like, you know, it was still a little physical. It wasn't it was getting towards it was kind of in that transition phase to where the NFL is now, where it's like a joke to where you can't even touch the quarterback where Chris Jones can just touch Tom Brady's shoulder pad and get a 15-yard pump. I asked the question because when I see those things, what has generated so much controversy in the NFL is head injuries, concussions, and it goes beyond the NFL into science and the CTE and doctors doing studies and guys having long-term damage from this. So – with that being said, what that had did was cause a lot of moms, a lot of dads, a lot of former NFL players to check themselves and say, look at their kids in the eyes and say, I'm not going to let you play this sport. I'm not going to let you go out here and risk the negative things that can come along with playing football and running into grown men with your, with a helmet a bunch of different times. So that's what I wonder if it's good for football in the sense of does that again push moms and dads and their kids away from the game and, and into lacrosse, into soccer and other sports that don't look as vicious because I mean, that's a vicious hit and coming from a former player, I'm just saying that's a vicious hit. The toll it takes on your body is a lot, but at the same time, we love it as fans. We love, you know, like you just said, you, you love it. So it's kind of hard to decipher whether we tone it back or we encourage it. Yep. And I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be my point was like you brought up the fact that, you know, mothers and fathers around the, around the country, you know, they're still looking at this violence and saying, like, I don't want my kids playing in that. But at, at the same time, you have this it's like this it's pulling you in both directions where it's 50 50 safety. And then it's also entertainment where like everyone loved that hit yesterday. Yeah, that's what we do when we stepped out on the field. That's what I wanted to do. This is coming from a kid that when I was 10, 11, 12 you know, probably starting about eight 
to 12, I was outside setting up my trash cans in the front of my lawn and I was running into him full speed with the football, acting like I was running over somebody. <laughs> you know, and that's coming from me. That's how I was raised. That's how yeah. the football is played to me, the way we saw it on that hit yesterday. But just knowing how people look at the game now, knowing the advances in science and the studies they're doing on the brain and, and all the effects that we're seeing from former football players, it is a concern to me. It is something to be talked about. And they have to find that line. I don't know where it is. I'm not saying I know what it is. I just think they got to find it. Yeah. Well, what better league to test it out in than the AAF? So the people at home may not know, but you played in a league similar to the AAF in the UFL. So maybe we could talk. We can dig a little deep, nudge you a little bit, probe you a little bit. Talk, talk, tell the people at home what it was like playing in a, in a league like that in the UFL. Well, it was cool watching the AF game, AAF game yesterday, and it's been cool. I have a couple of buddies that are playing in the league, and I have conversed with them while they were in training camp. All eight teams have been in San Antonio together. They had training camp, then they break. Well, for me, uh, I, I played in the UFL in Omaha before my NFL career. It was the year of the lockout, 2011. I knew there was a good chance coming from a small D2 school I wouldn't get drafted, so I Drove up to Omaha, tried out for a team called the Nighthawks. And all I knew at the time was it was a outdoor, basically minor league football that paid five grand a week. So I drove up there and tried out. It, the first try was a bunch of dudes. I mean, guys like you, Sammy. <laughs> guys that worked out the gym. Guys that uh, bodybuilders. Guys hey, that drove trucks. Don't take, smoking it. Don't take us lightly now, baby. Wait a minute. <laughs> So, so I, I ended up doing well. I stood out, luckily, and got invited to another tryout. Did well at that one. At this one, it was all D1 guys, former NFL guys, exclusive invite. So it was cool. From a D2 guy, it was my first time competing against a large group of guys that were supposed to be better than me. They were from schools that were bigger than me and had already played in the NFL. And I was just as good, if not better, than most of the guys. Went to training camp, made the team play with them. I would say, I think I see a lot of similarities just yesterday when they're showing the locker room of one of the AAF teams. I'm looking in the locker room thinking that's the same way it was in the UFL. I mean, it's not the NFL, but it's similar. You still get a lot of the perks and somebody taking care of your body and, and you get paid well. I mean, five grand a week is great money to me and it allowed me to pay off my college debt and things like that. So you know, I, I think what the, both leagues come down to is money. And I think money is generated by excitement in the NFL or AAF or XFL or USFL or UFL. I think that's generated by quarterback play and how good quarterbacks are. And I think that's the one thing that these other leagues are lacking because you got to think about it. There aren't that many good NFL quarterbacks as, there, as it is. So there's definitely not going to be that many beyond that. I mean, there's only 32 spots in the world, and in those 32 spots, there's only so many really elite guys. So it's going to be hard to get viewers if you don't have good quarterback play. Yeah, that's true. So looking at this, thank you for sharing that experience. That was, that was really cool. So what do you think the future of the AAF or the XFL is like? I know the XFL is coming in 2020. Um, that should be pretty exciting. Like, Could you see these two leagues kind of being like an AFC, NFC, and then eventually AAF and the XFL. 
it's hard because even with the UFL, for people who don't know, my my head coach at the Omaha Nighthawks was Joe Moglia. Joe Moglia is a CEO of TD Ameritrade, the largest online banking uh, network in the world. That's a nugget right money. there, baby. Yeah, tons of money. And he basically funded uh, our last game because the league ran out of money. We weren't even going to play the last game. We had a big meeting as a team. All the players are very upset. Some guys are, you know, voicing that frustration to Joe and saying, listen, we have all planned on getting eight checks, $5,000 a week. And now you're telling us after three games, we're not going to play another one. And we've planned on this. So, and it, and, and it, that comes because it costs a lot of money for workers comp. A lot of guys are getting hurt, tearing ACLs, breaking arms. You got to pay for that. You got to have in the, the hospitals are got to be willing to work on that, the insurance, all the different things like that. Like I remember for me, I ended up uh, tearing a ligament in my hand and they wouldn't fix it. They basically, I knew they looked at it and they just told me what I needed to hear to get me out of the hospital. So they didn't have to pay for that. And that's what it runs into is they just run out of money. And I think that is going to be, I mean, the, like you said at the beginning of the show, the best thing for them is that they're on TV. So they have sponsors, they have, they have viewers that have commercial money coming in. But if you look back at the USFL back in the eighties, that was a league that was really good. Lasted three years, had a former NFL players on there, had NFL guys that went on to become NFL pro bowlers was a very good league and fizzled out because at the end of the day, when it comes into competition with the NFL or when it when it becomes too big and the NFL says, listen, we need our viewers back. We need that. Then it's going to be put to bed. So I, I don't know. I think it's a great league because it's good for these young college players. It's good for these players to get a chance to get to play like in my situation. And I thought it was a blessing. I thought it's great. And they need a league. I just don't know if it's able to continue and sustain itself. Yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, these are kind of like practice squad level players or, like you said, a bunch of Sam Alvarez is just out there playing. It's pretty crazy. Well, that was just at the tryout. That was at the tryout. Yeah, just you, tryout. you wasn't on the team. It's all good. <laughs> okay, okay. So now, now, okay, so we went from level one to disrespect, and now we're on level 72. That's pretty crazy how fast that went. <laughs> Man, don't make me. Don't, woo! My nickel yeah, hey, you know, don't, out, we ain't gonna tell the people. We know you went to the gym today. Down. Sam goes to the gym every day. Don't Come sleep on, on him. I ain't sleep. Yeah, Mike's a little jealous that I went to the gym today, and I probably, uh, you know, did a little, did a little bit of everything. You know, first thing is actually, Michael. Have my, <laughs> I'm not even gonna bring up the whole biking class stuff, but uh, if you're not first, you're last, baby. Well, well, either way, we was talking about the UFL and the AFL, and 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 we hadn't even talked about the XFL and the fact that they're on their way. They're coming in twenty twenty. Bob Stoops is a head coach and all that. So no, yeah, like you said, it, go ahead. No, yeah, I was just gonna say my thoughts on this is maybe I think the best thing for them is maybe have like a try to reach like an not an agreement or maybe a partnership with the NFL where the AAF could be similar to like the G League, another league, a spring league where you can develop your players in there. And I think that might be the best case scenario. But I mean, like we said at the top of the show, they do have viewers. They're on TV. They got sponsorships. They got starter on the back <clears throat> as their jerseys. So who knows? Maybe this could end up being like another league. I don't know if this will get to where I think where um a lot of people want it to be, where it's like college players don't have to go play three years of college. They could go to the AAF or the XFL and fulfill their years there, where it's already NFL driven. A lot of NFL people are in that league. 
and they can just kind of pluck so-called talent from the college pool. I don't know if it'll get to that level, but I'm thinking that's where they want to get to it. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? They definitely won't get to that level. I think what it's best for is exactly what it did for me. It gave me an opportunity coming from a small school during the lockout, didn't have a lot of opportunities to talk to scouts, talk to coaches, go to OTAs or anything like that and prove myself. So it just gave me another way and another opportunity to prove myself to NFL scouts, give them a little bit more film against a higher competition than D2 or D- Division One football. And I think that's all this will be. I think it's just another way to get guys a, a second chance or their first opportunity in the NFL. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I just don't know if it grows past anything other than that. And it doesn't need to. As long as they're making money and it does that, then it's successful in, in the main two areas. You've made your money and you're getting guys opportunities to fulfill their dream. That's what I could hope for it to be. We'll see. I think the interest is there, obviously, as we saw with the views. But a lot more to get with, um, a lot more to talk about with the AAF. And hopefully we get some success stories of players going through the AAF and going to the NFL. Pretty excited for that. Yeah, well, the good thing is it's just starting. So we got we got the whole we got the next few months to talk about it and and break it down. And hopefully it will go up and, and we'll know if it's going down and we'll be here to talk about it. And at the end of the day, football is football, baby. And I'm going to watch it no matter what. No matter if it's the arena league, if it's my, my nephew or my niece's Pop Warner Football League, I'm watching. I'm there. Excited. Real fan. Real fan. Let them know. Real fan of the game. I get excited. My <laughs> two old people doing the Oklahoma drill. I'll get excited. I don't care what it is. Fellas, we've got an announcement to make. If you want to get your head or your face as smooth as a baby baby's butt, sort of like my head, Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure that all of you fellas are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes all of these items. Five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and travel blade cover. You need that whenever you're traveling. You get all of that for just $3, shipped right to your door. This is the thing. If you want your head to look like mine, you can't use cheap razors. If you want it to be like a baby's butt, it's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for, listen to this, 95 years for over 95 years that's almost a century people join the 10 million pretty much everybody who have tried harry's claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com all of harry's blades come with a hundred percent quality guarantee a hundred percent quality guarantee a hundred percent quality guarantee if you don't love your shave let them know and they'll give you a full refund again make sure you go to harrys.com bluewire to redeem your razor for three dollars all right football can be stressful but uh so can life life can be stressful but getting life insurance shouldn't be that's why there's ethos ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast incredibly affordable and very uncomplicated at getethos.com there's no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars 
no hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply. And you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. And in most cases with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to getethos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S, getethos.com, and go getethos.com now. Moving on to our Niner Nugget. Oh, yeah. For the Bay Area folks out there, I know y'all going to like this one. As you know, the 49ers lost a couple of uh, their offensive coordinator, uh, a lot of their offensive coaches. I don't know what to call Offensive staff. Skill staff. There you go. That's what I was looking up. Thank you. A couple of their staff to Denver, a couple other players out there, but they made two pretty significant signings, I would say, uh, mostly because these players were really good when they were playing in the NFL. Wes Welker, in particular, has been actually coaching for the past, I think, two years. So he he pretty much excites me. Um, and then obviously we got Miles Austin, who killed the Niners a couple years ago. He had three touchdowns, not a couple of years ago, about ten years ago, almost. It's pretty crazy how fast that was, but uh, I don't know. What can I get your thoughts? If they didn't have any coaching experience, I would still be so happy that these two guys were hired regardless of uh, where they've coached or who they've learned from, they know a ton being that they're both former pro bowlers. They both played 10 plus years in the NFL. They both played with great quarterbacks on great offenses with, with great players, won a bunch of games. I mean, they're both huge success stories. I mean, Wes Welker is an undersized receiver from Texas tech that becomes the pro bowler and a record holder. Every little white dude. Every white uh, slot receiver that gets drafted gets compared to Wes. Yeah, and, and forever will be. I mean, Julian Edelman is Wes Welker uh, version two. I mean, Wes Welker started Trent that. Taylor for 49er fans. Ex- yeah, so I think Miles Austin coming from a D3 school. Nobody knew him coming out of the draft and all of that. So guys that became success stories worked their way up to the top. They know how to grind. They know how to push themselves. They know how to work through adversity, tough situations, because that's what they've done. They've, they've shown that when they played, um, the success they've had on the field. I mean, I, I just think that's so exciting. I think that the best thing you can do when you're hiring a coach is a former player. The only question behind it is, are they willing to put in the hours as a coach that you put in as a in more because as a coach you're going to put in more hours than you put in as a player in terms of mental I mean physical yeah you're not going out there and running around and hitting people but at the same time mentally you're you're watching more film you're in earlier you're in later so that's the only question that you'll have for either of those guys but knowing what they've gone through and how they've earned their success I'm pretty sure they'll they'll figure it out real quick yeah, and it's pretty excited to get to see them paired up with, you know, the offensive genius. You know, I've sung, you've heard me sing Kyle Shanahan's praises all the time. I'm just saying, if he can get as much talent as Sean McVay, he'll prove that he's probably a little bit more valuable. But that's that we'll get into that mm-hmm. as these podcasts get going. But I just think having having those two, you know, very successful players in there with I think it just adds to like everything. There's a bunch of talent there, like the offensive mind. Yeah, well, and, a, and they're yeah. young at the receiver position. And regardless of 
how talented those players are, when you have good coaches, that's worth more than talent because they're going to teach them the ways to get open that talent can get you open. They're going to teach them the way to catch the ball that talent can't catch the ball. And that's what you want. As talented as uh, Pettis is, as talented as Marquise is, these guys are going to come in and born poly, these young guys, they're going to come in and teach you guys the things that you're not going to learn from a guy who's just been a coach for the past 10, 12 years because they've done it. They've actually had to go out there and find ways to get open against Aqib Tlaib, find ways to get open against Darrell Revis. I mean, what more could you ask for? Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I can't wait to see what Wes and Miles will teach Dante, Bourne, Trent Taylor, all these receivers they got on here. Even Richie James. Richie James is very underrated. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm particularly I'm very excited to see them work with Dante Pettis because um, he reminds me a lot of Stevie Johnson. Just awkward runner, but gets open. And can make a lot of plays after the catch. Yep. Very, very dynamic. So uh, a lot of good things. Uh, very good hires. I think everyone here in the Bay Area is probably really excited that those um, two names were hired. But yeah, that'll be our Niner Nugget. Very exciting. We'll have a lot of more 49ers talk for you guys. It's a good start. It's a really good start to Niner Nugget. Oh, yeah. And it's just going to keep going on up there, baby. We got all that cap space, all that draft capital. Uh, exciting. A lot of rumors rolling out there that we'll talk about. Uh, but let's get into it, Mike. Yeah, I hope so just for the show. It'll yeah, make it'll yeah. make the show better if you're happy. Yeah, give us something to talk. Yeah, yeah, if I'm happy. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it just all depends on Sam's attitude here. If I'm happy, the show goes. Mike's happy. Everything's good. You guys get a good show. You guys are excited. Let's do it. But uh, without further ado, let's get into our two-minute drill. We got a couple topics we want to hit. Bullet, bullet, bullet. So uh, I'll ask a question. Mike, I want you to give the folks at home an answer. So let's get right into it. So first topic of the day, let's talk about the Steelers. They're looking to tag and trade Le'Veon Bell after that whole year they just went through with him. Tell me what the hell's going on with that. What's the tag they're putting on him? Putting a transition tag on him. Or they're thinking about putting on him. Transition tag. Transition tag. Which, if I'm not mistaken, it gives them the opportunity to match whatever contract or offer he gets from another team, correct? Yep. Which is weird to me because (laughs) I don't know why you would do that with a player that he didn't play for you the whole last year based on this same situation, based on money. You could have brought him in and you could have paid him from a former player's point of view. He that he should have got paid. He was the best running back in football. He he is still the best running back in football and should have got paid. He proved that for multiple years, was loyal to that team, should have got paid. Said he wanted to be there, he didn't. But it just makes no sense for you to put a tag on a player and and possibly bring him back in a locker room where the players felt a little bit certain kind of way about him. I don't, I'm not going to say they all felt betrayed because some of them might not have. I know if I'd have been in the locker room, I wouldn't have felt that way because he was doing what was best for himself and his family. But at the same time, I think that, yeah, I just think that uh, it, it makes no sense. I mean, the relationship with those players has to be repaired. His relationship with the coaches and the front office has to be repaired. All of that is damaged. All of that will be awkward. Just let the man go. Yep. And that segues into our next topic, which is the Antonio Brown situation. So the Antonio Brown situation gets a little bit uh, trickier now that uh, he was, I believe, accused of, uh, what was it, uh, domestic violence. What do you, what do you got? Like the, first of all, Steelers should be more worried about with the Antonio Brown than at Le'Veon Bell. But without further ado, Mike, go for it. I don't want to 
dwell too much on the domestic violence. I know that's a sensitive subject. I know that a lot of people see that a lot of different ways. I know from my point of view, if you come to my house and I ask you to leave my house and you refuse to leave, I feel like I should be able to throw you out of the house. Um, but I know that that isn't how the world works. And I understand that you can't put your hand on anybody and a woman, but I just, at, at, like I said, she put her front, her foot in front of the door, wouldn't let him close the door. He pushed her so he could close the door right, wrong, or indifferent. If it's my house, it's my house. When I tell you to leave, it's time for you to leave. So that's how I feel about that. And, and, and in terms of his football, I still feel like he's going to be great. I feel like his work ethic isn't going to slow down. And I feel like it's it's only picking up because now he's more motivated than ever to prove the world wrong, that he can go play without Ben. And if he stays in Pittsburgh and he plays with Ben, um, hopefully they repair it. They're definitely a family. So it's definitely a bond of brothers up there fighting with each other. And hopefully they'll find a way to overcome it and be great again. I can tell you this, this won't be the last time we talk about Antonio Brown on this podcast. Nope. Or the Steelers. Or so, closing out, closing topic, fun one, kind of funny. So, the Kansas City Chiefs will not let Patrick Mahomes play any more basketball after a recent video of him spinning twice on someone and laying it up, saucy, went viral. What are your thoughts on that? He's a grown man. He can do whatever he wants to do. He he did Everything he was supposed to do this year times one million. You never expected him to be the MVP. You didn't expect him to throw 50 touchdowns, take your team to somewhere that they haven't been since we were all born. I mean, and and now he wants to go and play basketball in the offseason, stay in shape, stay active, keep his joints moving, keep his competitive drive up, keep his competitive stressors high. What's wrong with that? That's great. To me, I hooped when I played in the offseason. I would hoop probably three to four times a week, some weeks maybe two, one time a week. But a lot of times I was going to the gym three and four times. I was playing in uh, city leagues, different things like that, because it's a great way, charity basketball games, it's a great way to stay active, keep your body moving, stay in great shape, and then keep your competitive stressors high. You need to keep that competitive nature about you at all times. And I think it's a great way to do it. And I think it's terrible that an organization is trying to tell a player what he can and can't do in the off season. I mean, it's ridiculous. We don't get paid in the off season. We don't get checks in the off season. We get checks from August till the last game of the season. After that, we don't get checks. So how are you going to tell me what I can and can't do if you're not even paying me? So uh, it just makes no sense to me. I think it's a, it's it's ridiculous. Maybe it's not a big deal to most people. It's just a big deal to a former player who feels like this. Sometimes the NFL and these owners want to own players and want to treat them like slaves, try to make them do what they want them to do when they want them to do. And that's not how this world works. That's not how it goes. He's a grown man and he, he did everything he was supposed to do for your organization. Now let him live his life. Talk about it. Okay, Mike, let him know. I like it. Yeah, real quick. Close it out. He'll, uh, well, I'll tell you just another th- real quick thing on Patrick Mahomes. He'll be keeping his competitive spirits up on 2K. I'll let you know that. I don't know if you saw his Instagram <laughs> post, but uh, his my player's name is Andy Reid. I mean, I just love this kid. Envy, envy and I mean, it just goes to show how good of a dude he is. That he he did. The GM called him. He said, "Okay, I hear you, and and I'll, I'll step back from it and do other things." Um, the leader in him, the good player in him. I'm just a, a mind and a mouth over here complaining for him, and I'm glad he didn't have to do it himself. I'll do it for you, Pat. All right, people. Thank you all for listening. We'll be closing it out. 
Mike, let the people know. Let them know. We here. Appreciate y'all being here. We're going to be here every week bringing you uh, everything we know about the game, past experiences, stories. Come, come check us out and come chill with us. Yeah. And as always, we're not locally known, but we're known to drop mics. Uh, damn. I messed that one up, Mike. The good thing is the first episode and we'll have some bloopers in there. But Say it again. We're not locally known, but we're known to drop knowledge on the microphone, baby. Peace.